message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, C1. you take your Bibles out and go to Psalm 102. Psalms 102. And if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can actually download the V1 Church app for Android or Apple. And there's a Bible actually inside the V1 Church app. And you can find Psalm 102. I'm going to read it to you now. It says this, God, listen, listen to my prayer. Listen to the pain in my cries. Don't turn your back on me just when I need you so desperately. Pay attention. This is a cry for help. Cry for help and hurry. This can't wait. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them loneliness lies. Come on, tell them again. Say loneliness lies. Have you ever felt like you were in a situation that just couldn't wait? Have you ever felt like, man, I've, I've got to, God better show up right now because I need him in this crucial hour. But I'll tell you what, loneliness lies. We're going to deal with loneliness today, and I'm excited to just bring the heat for you this morning. And I am so excited to see that 9 a.m. is completely full. Are you kidding me? And holler to all the people watching in the Overflow Auditorium right now. I was in the Overflow Auditorium before this. Uh, I can't, that's kind of why I was late on that transition. I'm sorry, worship team. Um, and I was talking to them and I said, okay, guys, I'm getting ready to jump back into the matrix. I'll see you on the other side. Because I was like in reality in that theater and then all of a sudden like I show up digitally on this one. But um, how many of you guys are, are, are just like so fed up with seeing people with a million filters on Instagram? Yep. This is like a conspiracy theory. Where are my single people at in the house? How do you even know what somebody really looks like these days? You know what I'm trying to say? Thank God Julie and I are old millennials who had like dial-up internet where you had to order a pizza and hang out before you ever got into that chat room. We had chat rooms. That's how we lurked on people. Hey, what's your name? God's Ninja 74. Right? Um, but for the rest of you guys who are doing this Instagram thing, I've noticed that the filters have taken over. And I'm just going to give you a wisdom key to kick this message off if you are taking notes. Uh, this is not even a real point. But um, the filters are not for fun. The filters are for faking. Yes. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you right now. I will. <laughs> and here's how I know that. <laughs> that was so shameful. I literally was like, I'll do anything for you, Jesus. He was like, make an Instagram filter pick for your sermon. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. For anyone who's like not an idiot and uh, doesn't let, I, I'm like, you're not using Instagram. You know Instagram's using you, right? Yeah. So for everyone who's not playing the digital slot machines on their phone and doesn't have them, let me explain what a filter is. A filter, now they act like it's for fun. Like you put this filter on and you're gonna see what you look like with full makeup on or whatever. But here's how I know it's not for fun, it's for faking. My wife, I used to always beg her like, babe, people are online all week long. They only see us for 70 minutes at church. Like you've gotta start communicating online. You're way cooler than I am. Everyone loves you more. So you gotta show up digitally through throughout the week. And it used to be like, you know, I don't want to do that. I've got to take a shower. I've got to curl my hair. I've got to put all my makeup on, right? Girls, women. 
okay, I guess I got a whole church full of Alicia Keys. <laughs> but for the rest of you, uh, that was kind of like Julie's excuse. Well, yesterday, all of a sudden, she, you know, I see her in the other room. I'm like, hey, babe, like, you should throw a video up like telling people about your weight loss journey for January and June. And she's like, okay, cool. She goes in the other room. And, she, and now, mind you, this is first thing in the morning. She hasn't showered. She's got dragon breath. Hello, married people, where you at? Um, you're like, I still love you. And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, how did you just like, you know, do that whole video that quick? And she was like, oh, I just put a filter on it. And sure enough, I went to go watch her video and she was like completely filtered. But the thing about it is we know that filters aren't for fun. Filters are for faking. And the only reason why filters were ever invented for Instagram is because they knew that there's something deeply embedded in the psychology of humanity that forces us to always want to project our best. Now, mind you, you think she'd want to project her best for her husband. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, you're in trouble. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, but the thing about it is we have this thing inside of us that says, I, we even have this phrase in the Bible Belt, put on your Sunday best, right? Put on your Sunday best, right? We've even made a whole theology about how you, you know, cleanliness is next to, which you will never find that scripture in the Bible. You know that, right? And all the hippies said, amen, right? Where do you hide money from a hippie? Under the soap. <laughs> okay, dad jokes. <laughs> dad jokes. <laughs> that was good. That was good, right? I actually started sweating like, oh no, my preaching career ended with that joke. <laughs> Literally ended with that joke, right? Uh, but you know what? I know so many people who say, I will actually not go to church this Sunday because I don't feel like putting the filter on. I know so many people who are like, I, I won't even show up to V1 this week. I'm not going to load in. I'm not serving on the dream team. I'm not going to sit in the aisle because I have messed up the night before. And I'm not even going to come because I, I, I don't even want to put the filter on. But how many of you know that we've got a church that's hashtag no filter? I said, how many of you know we've got a church that's hashtag no filter? And you know what? It's pretty radical, but... I've talked to people who've been drunk on Saturday and then drunk on the new wine of the Holy Spirit Sunday morning because they said, I'm not going to let my imperfection stop me from getting into the presence of God. And I'm still going to be present even if I can't be perfect. And so we're talking about loneliness today and loneliness lies. Let me just read Psalm 102 again. It says, God, listen, listen to my prayer. Listen to the pain in my cries. Now, I want to remind you that the songs were actually written as poems that were supposed to be sung. And we've got a phenomenal worship team who crushes it every single week. But th these were equivalent to the worship songs that they would have sung at that time. Think about how real this was. If you'd have walked into a church and it says this, let's skip down uh, past verse 11. It says, I'm like a buzzard in the desert. Imagine seeing this, a crow perched in the rubble. That's <laughs> right. It says insomniac. I twittered away mournful as a sparrow in the gutter. See, we don't have worship songs today as real as this. And I'm not bashing Bethel. I'm not bashing Hillsong. I'm just trying to say, could you imagine showing up to church and singing this song? There's an empathy in this song. There's an understanding in this song. 
I can imagine as the people of Israel were singing out this psalm and saying, God, listen, listen to my prayer. Hey, let's keep going. It says, I'm wasting away to nothing. I'm wasting away and margarita, but never mind. <laughs> says, I'm burning up with fever. I'm a ghost of my former self. Could you imagine the church singing this? I believe that it was psalms like this that brought them back to the house of God every single Sunday because they would begin to sing these words and look around and say, man, as everyone's joining in on this kind of song, maybe they know what it's like to be wasting away. Maybe they know what it's like to be a ghost of my former self. Have you ever felt like your best days were behind you? I mean, have you ever felt like, like the most glorious moment of your life happened two years ago? But see, in order for V1 Church and the children of God to move into what they have for them, you got to actually stop living with a rearview mirror. And you know, it's like God has brought you into this place today to uninstall your rearview mirror so that you can look out through the windshield and see that their best days are still yet to come. And see, I love so much the book of Psalms because there's a realness and a grit and a reality to this thing that we've missed. And we've got people who are actually ditching church to actually watch TED Talks. And there was this viral TED Talk. I don't know if you guys remember the MTV series. Uh, it, was, it was the real, the real what was it, uh, Road Rules Real World, which was not real because like how many 20-somethings just live together and have sex? Oh, wait, never night. It is real world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, there was a, a star on that show and she actually has a viral Ted talk and the Ted talk that she gave basically is a one liner of the title and it went viral. It said the one solution to end loneliness. And if you're anything like me, you're, you're like thinking, man, where's this video? I'd love to be able to solve this silent epidemic, this societal problem that actually they say is, is actually worse than obesity. Did you know that a, that a national study by the American Psychiatric Association actually um, looked at a total of over 213 studies, more than millions of people represented in all these studies and determined that you actually have a 50% chance of dying of loneliness and you only have a 30% chance of premature death from obesity. It's actually worse for your physical health to be alone than it is to be obese. Isn't that incredible? And I wrestled with God today because I was like, God, why are you having me preach about loneliness? I mean, we talked about physical fitness. We talked about finances. I got me and my wife were losing weight. We got people getting free in their finances. I want tangibles. And I felt like as I began to study loneliness, the Holy Spirit was like, hey, you idiot. <laughs> There's a tangible connected to loneliness because the physical effects that manifest from the psychological effects of loneliness actually increase your chances of dying prematurely greater than obesity. That's how important it is. And it's so funny to me because as I look at the world searching for answers and TED Talks instead of going to Psalm 102, it was really trippy because as you watch this woman's speech and she's going on and she's explaining like the answer, I'm just gonna save you the whole 20 minutes of watching it. She says the solution for loneliness is ritual. And as a pastor, my heart began to cry out. 
Oh God, the world is so close to the true answer. You established ritual. You said every seven days, I need you to take some time as a Sabbath. I need you to get together in the New Testament. They said, get together intentionally. You're gonna have small groups like dinner parties. You read the book of Acts where they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. And then these large inspirational gatherings that were happening every week where thousands were coming into the kingdom, just like we have here in the movie theater, these large inspirational gatherings. And it's our ritual. And as I watched this TED Talk, she said, you don't have to conjure up rituals such as religious ceremonies. And I'm like, oh man. And she says in this talk, and this is a, she said, being in the, in the real world road rules uh, episode, she said, I found that fame and every semblance of success that I thought was so important did not make me feel any less lonely. I'm standing on a stage right now and can I just tell you, for those of you who desire this microphone so much, that this microphone will not satiate your loneliness. This microphone can actually produce more loneliness in your life if you're not careful. I don't know what you envision success being, but she closed her eyes and said, I could be this national figure on television. And then her wildest imagination was accomplished. I mean, do you want to tour? Do you want to take V1 worship to this stage where you're playing Nassau Coliseum and then every other Coliseum in the nation? I'll tell you this, you will end up lonelier than you were showing up at load in setting up V1 Church if, if you don't understand this thing. But she basically said, well, I've, I've determined that it's ritual that we need. And she said, I, I just get together every week at the same time with my girlfriends and we drink wine and we watch movie. And some of you are like, man, I'm about it. <laughs> That's a good ritual to have, right? But you know, it's funny because for the more discerning ones in the audience, you might be tracking with me in the countless millions of people who watch this viral YouTube video. You know what they said? Probably what you're thinking in your heart right now. What if you're so lonely you don't even have friends to drink wine with and watch movies with? And I'll tell you what, for those who would easily dismiss the church and say, why do you show up every week? I mean, what's so important about that ritual in your life? Let me just tell you, it's the very thing that Jesus Christ died for. It's the bride of Christ represented on earth. And it's the ritual we, ritual we do every single week where we say, if you know no one at this place, we'll still receive you as family because you belong even before you believe. We got any radical Christians in the house? And it's so important to me. And when I think about my life, when I think about the most significant moments of breakthrough that I've ever, single, ever had in every single moment of my life, you know what it all came down to? I was in a local church. I was in the presence of God as they begin to sing. It's the times where I drug myself. It's the times where I said, I don't even want to show up today, but I came anyway. And so if you're taking notes, I'll tell you this much. The cure for isolation is repeatedly coming back to the house of God. Because you don't just encounter, I'm gonna tell you this, you don't just encounter freedom through your relationship with God. But God has done something very, very tricky, very wise. He's hidden the keys to the locks on the chains that are around you inside of other people. And requires you to come into relationship with those people to discover those keys to unlock those chains. And he does that because the ultimate purpose of God isn't to dwell in this movie theater, it's to dwell inside of people. It's your kingdom come where? 
inside, inside, dwell inside. And, and I've found the greatest freedom as I've burst past these barriers and begin to just put my life inside of other people's lives. And so when you look at Psalm 102, you see people getting real hashtag no filter saying, God, I want my breakthrough. And I'm telling you, your breakthrough is going to come when you say, I'm going to enter into intentional relationship with imperfect people. And you know, I was thinking about this word, and take a look with me in Luke chapter 22. Jesus felt a loneliness. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I arrogantly thought to myself this week as I prepared this message, man, nobody knows what it's like to be lonelier than me. I had one of those feel sorry for yourself moments. I'm like, I always get myself into pioneer situations. You know, it's like, I'm, 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 you know, I just, the way that I was raised, the environment that I came from, and, and I begin to like feel sorry for myself, and I believe the Holy Spirit stopped me in that moment and said, son, you'll never know what it was like to be Jesus. And so for those of you who have those moments, you're like, nobody understands. How many of you know that loneliness lies? Can you just say it, loneliness lies? Come on, loneliness will tell you. And see, Luke chapter 22, you had Jesus himself. Jesus himself was actually at the Mount of Olives. And if you read verse 35, it says, leaving there, he went as he so often did. It was his ritual to go back to this place that he often went to, the Mount of Olives. And it said when he went back to that place, he began to become aware of everyone doing him dirty, everyone disbanding. The investments that he made in people, suddenly they begin to walk away. And you know, loneliness lies. If you're here in leadership, maybe you got a Judas in your group. And, and loneliness will lie to you and say, that investment that you made in that person on your team and you went the distance with was not even worth your time. See, Jesus was in the Mount of Olives and he was getting ready to go towards the cross and loneliness was lying to him in that moment. You know, if you're in this place or you're watching the live stream or you're in that overflow auditorium, loneliness will lie to you and say, oh, well, you know what? You've, uh, you're intellectual and this church is charismatic. Or it'll say, man, this church isn't charismatic enough. You need people speaking to tongues and casting out demons in the aisle. And you know, loneliness will lie to you and say that just because the person next to me doesn't believe exactly the same way I believe, this isn't the place for me. Loneliness contributes to your isolation. And when your conversation is with loneliness alone, it will lead you to destruction. Because God's ultimate plan for you is to draw close. But let me just tell you this. You've got to choose between the fire exit and the fire extinguisher. Jesus, in this uh, Luke chapter 22, he saw the exit sign. He was in the Garden Gethsemane now. And he was saying, man, if this cup would pass from me, God, take this thing away from me. And you know, in that moment, he had to push all those desires aside. He said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And see, I'm just, can I be real with you guys this morning? Yeah. Alcohol works if you're lonely. Yeah. Alcohol works if you're lonely. I'm tired of acting like it doesn't work and lying to people and preachers lying and saying alcohol will destroy your life. Sometimes alcohol works just enough, but can I tell you this? It's a fire exit and not a fire extinguisher because when you walk through that door, it will keep you safe all for a little bit of time until that fire spreads to another area of your life. 
And we keep choosing the fire exit instead of the fire extinguisher. And Jesus, in his moment of loneliness, said, God, I'm going all the ways now. I'm not going to run out that door. I'm going to run towards it, and I'm going to extinguish it once and for all. Death, hell, the grave, it's all getting extinguished now. Can I be real with you? Sex works if you're lonely. I got two kids. Sex works. I ain't trying to be nasty. I'm just saying. If you feel lonely, you can go out there and get yourself some sex, but you won't have intimacy. You won't have a relationship. You won't have wholeness. You won't have completeness. You won't have it. But let me just tell you like this. Do you know that when I was a counselor in an addiction facility and watched people die, every single Monday I'd come in and we had to do a body count. It was a lot like Long Island with this heroin epidemic. And can I tell you, if you're lonely, there's a brain-based research that says this. When you drink alcohol, it activates the same centers of your brain that are activated in social settings when you are accepted by your peers. That's why it's illegal and dangerous for teenagers to even drink alcohol because what it actually does is give them a false sense of acceptance and a false sense of friend. Did you know that when you have sex, especially for women, your body releases chemicals and hormones that are designed, oxytocin, things that are designed to make you feel warm, fuzzy, cuddle, complete, and your biology, you're hacking your biology in a way that God didn't design. And so I'm not going to lie to you and say it doesn't work, but it doesn't work for long. And it's time that you stop running for the fire exit and start running for the fire extinguisher. Let me just tell you this that no one told me, and this is when you look at Luke chapter 22, this is somebody's going to get free. Do you feel January and June? This is the last service. You've been on the verge the entire time. I said somebody is getting ready to get free today. Luke chapter 22, you see Jesus in a deadlift. I said you see Jesus in a deadlift. Somebody say deadlift. And see, here's what it looks like to be in a deadlift. See, if you're not a a workout person, maybe you don't know this, but it's the single most determining workout of how how strong you really are. And actually, as I consulted Chris and my friend Jeff from the other side of the country, see, when you do a bench press, you actually build up some momentum on those swinging that you do. And you can actually have somebody come alongside of you and spot you. And you can have a spotter when you're bench pressing. But when you do a deadlift, there's no momentum and there's no spotter. I'm getting ready to preach this morning. There are some things in your life that you are not simply going to have somebody there to spot you and you are not going to have any multi-generational momentum behind you. I lost too much time. Are you hearing me? I wasted too much time saying, making excuses. Oh, well, if I had a good mentor, maybe I would be on my destiny right now. Oh, if somebody, if I would have had a better father to spot me, maybe I could carry the weight of my destiny of being a father myself. Do you hear me? preaching I said for years of my life well maybe if somebody in my life would have modeled purity I could be pure but but I finally got to the point where the Lord told me in the seasons when you don't think that I'm there for you anymore it's because I took the training wheels off and pushed you and it's time for you to ride the bike 
And so some of you are like, I don't feel God's presence anymore. He's gone. No, he's in proximity of you, but he's pushed you now. The training wheels are off and it's time for you to deadlift. It's time for you to prove that there's more inside of you than you think there is because we serve a God of capacity increase. And when you've reached your limitations, you begin to touch what God can do through you and you alone. And so here's what happens. We can't always lift the weight for you. You've got to deadlift this thing. If you're a mother, listen to me right now, you're going to have to be a mother alone. No, and you might be saying, well, if I had a better husband, no husband's going to replace the weight of what you got to lift on your own. Some of you, if you're a husband, if you're single, are you hearing me? You could say, oh man, I'm going to finally pair up with this righteous person and their godliness is going to make me godly. No, it ain't going to work in front of the throne of God. It ain't going to work on Long Island. You've got to lift this thing for yourself. Pastor Mike can't deadlift your destiny for you. You've got to deadlift your destiny. My friend Jeff Krause, six foot six, monster, he told me something and it really resonated with me. He said, the thing that's so psychological about the deadlift is that when you have that weight in your hands, there's a moment of realization that the weight of that thing could actually kill you once you get it up high enough. And he said, you have to actually have to face this reality that the thing that you're attempting to actually pick up is the very thing that can kill you. Can I tell you that the thing that God has called you to do has a weight and a gravity to you that has a potential to take you out? But see, greater he that is in you than he that is in the world. And if God called you to it, God will call you through it. If you got vision to build your business, then then deadlift it and build your business, baby. If you got vision to be a real man and a real husband, then you know what? Loneliness lies. Stop listening to lies. Deadlift that way, baby. Because God will actually empower you to do it even though you got to do it alone. The last thing I want to say is this, and I'm closing right now. There's this phenomenon in warfare. Do I have some warriors listening to me? Come on. It's January and June. Would you stand to your feet? And I want you to just begin to allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of you while I close this message out because there's something happening in this room right now. There's this phenomenon in warfare. When someone is injured on the battlefield and they seem as if they're in critical condition, and they seem as if they're going to die. The medics, and this has been cataloged over the decades, this has been observed scientifically, that what happens is when the medics are working on the battlefield, on this critical person, they're trying to supply them with whatever they can to keep this person alive. As they're in that place of isolation and loneliness, Loneliness begins to lie to them and say, because you're on this battlefield and all you have is this medic and it's not enough to save you, you are going to die. So their body begins to respond to their mind. Are you following me? And there's this phenomenon that's been charted over decades that all of a sudden through the gun noise, all of a sudden through all the clatter and the yelling of the battle that's going on around them in the distance, when they hear the thunder of the helicopter that's coming to take them off that battlefield, all of a sudden their vital signs begin to rapidly increase. When nothing else changes physically, but something changes on the inside, it manifests physically and their body begins to revive again because of what they heard. 
faith comes by hearing and hearing the thunder of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the distant thunder of what my father says. And when you're alone and you've got a dead lift all by yourself, if you will incline your ear to listen to the word of God, all of a sudden your vital signs will begin to increase as what is heard determines what changes in the mind and then it changes in your body and it changes in your life. So it's time to stop listening to the lies of loneliness today. And nobody's dying prematurely. And you're going to hear what God's got to speak to you. And you will go and do all of what he called you to do. Now you've got to respond now. You've got to respond. It's January and June. You are no longer alone. You are here. You are loved. You are accepted. Before you ever knew Jesus, he loved you first. In Luke chapter 22, you see Jesus. He was on your mind when you read the scripture. And he was in the garden of Gethsemane. And he was sweating blood and tears were literally coming out of his eyes. Blood pouring down his forehead. In that greatest moment of anguish when he was deadlifting the sins of the world. He got this momentary flash of your face. And he said, because I see them free. Because I see them whole. This is all going to be worth it. Maybe you need to close your eyes right now. And as your eyes are closed, I want you to get a momentary flash of all the faces that are connected to you. They need you to deadlift the weight. They need you to do it alone, even though you've got the distant thunder of God's word and God's people cheering you on this morning. Maybe you need to see their faces. I see the faces of my daughters saying, Dad, I need you. I need you to go all the way now. I need you to love my mother so I'll know how my husband should love me. I see the faces of my grandchildren who say, I need you to break this territory of the tri-state region of the Northeast for the gospel so I can be born in the new Bible belt. I need them. We went to Queens last night, and as we begin to pray in that place around the movie theater, I saw their faces. They need us to say, yes, yes, we'll push our comfort aside, and we'll deadlift the weight and make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, church, do you believe it? Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.